Will Congress get anything done before recess? Hey, girls and guys, I'm Brandy with an I, and this is Did You Hear the News? Well, 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 it's been a few weeks, so uh, let's just get to it, okay? The president has been in and out of these streets, trying to touch all the things he can touch, trying to make sure y'all understand this child tax credit and, you know, that you know that you can get your monies uh, starting July 15th, every month, if you elected for it. Because you had the option not to. If you elected for it, you would get a monthly payment for your child tax credit. Now, this is not like the stimulus where you just get this money and it doesn't have anything to do with your taxes. This is basically getting your tax credit for your children that you would have gotten during tax season up front. So you will not be getting that during that tax uh, season. So I say that to say, first of all, make sure that you understand that and that you may talk to someone, maybe someone who prepares taxes or prepares your taxes. So you know the stipulations of how that's going to work for you. Um, because especially if you're not expecting that to not come out of what you'll receive next year i don't want nobody to be like what where's my money it's like no you are getting your money throughout the year like and for some people it might affect uh certain things to your taxes so just make sure you talk to someone um before you made that choice you can go on the iris website and choose to either just get the lump sum at the end of the year or get the monthly payments um the people that i feel like it'll affect if they actually got it month to month like if that would affect their taxes in a negative way, I feel like our people that probably don't need it month to month. Um, but once again, like I said, check with your tax preparers for that. So he was he was out in the streets, let, making sure y'all know that y'all get y'all money. That's from the American Rescue Plan in which we got that $1,400 stimulus in like March. So this is basically carryover from that bill. He does want to make it permanent as part of the reconciliation bill that we will be discussing. So he was doing that. He also hosted Angela Merkel. She is stepping down as the chancellor to Germany. Good for her. I know she's tired of having to deal with some of these dusties. She's probably like, I can go get me a massage or something. I'll have to deal with Vladimir Putin having me over for a talk and then bringing out a big dog when he know I'm scared of dogs. Like she had to deal with y'all. So she's probably enjoying that. She made her last trip uh, to the U.S. as the chancellor of Germany to visit President Biden. They were able to discuss some things, uh, especially about, I think, some kind of pipeline that they, a deal they have going on with Russia they were able to gain some ground on that. Um, 
she had you know dinner and lunch and stuff well she had breakfast with the vice president she had dinner and lunch with uh potus she kevin mccarthy mcconnell they went had a state dinner together um and best of luck to her i wish her best of luck in all her endeavors honestly truly um, so that's what he's been doing. And then he did have a town hall with CNN on Wednesday this past week. And of course, he talked about a lot of things, including uh, voting rights, COVID, vaccinations, all of that stuff. Still nothing on the student loan front. But he talked about those things that are pretty important right now, uh, especially when it comes to COVID and vaccinations, which I'll get into at the end of the show because y'all are just blowing my mind. Um, but he did talk about that. Uh, I really don't, I really don't know if he has like a good plan to get those people who are just like dead set on not getting a vaccine vaccinated. But once again, we'll get into that. Um, he did talk about voting rights, which he went to Philadelphia about a week or so ago and gave this just impassioned speech about voting rights, which where for the first time, he kind of really took a dig at the former guy and, um, you know, talking about the um, big lie and basically how when you lose, you lose. You take your lumps and bruises and you go that's the constitutional way you don't cut a fool and then have people try to overthrow the government so you know he said a lot of things in that speech he talked about how you know voting rights is very serious and how our democracy is very serious but not one time did he mention the filibuster which i feel like is also very serious that we get rid of but he said at the town hall that he did that on purpose because he felt like all the headlines would be about the filibuster and i was like what's the problem with it what is the problem with it like what why how is it that the filibuster has us in a chokehold and it has for years it has for decades it's been used for decades to block all the civil rights things that we wanted to be done just i mean you can literally go back for decades to see how the filibuster was used against the average citizen's rights. And here we are. We have a president who refuses to talk about if he don't have to. Now, if he ha absolutely has to, he will mention that he thinks that the rules should be changed back to a talking filibuster in which you got to stand on the floor and talk for... I think it's 24, 48 hours. I don't know. However long that filibuster lasts, you have to be on that floor talking it through. That's what he says he thinks should be done because now it's just easy. Anybody can basically block a bill. They don't even have to be around. They could be at the house in the bed watching Netflix, I guess. 
So he's like, well, if anything, we should just make it a talking filibuster. And I like that Don Lemon pushed back on that. He was like, listen, I hear what you're saying, but I don't care about all that. Like, what about people that look like me? What about my grandmother who only had a fifth grade education and had to count jelly beans back in the day? Like, what about us? We do not care about this filibuster. I hate to say, but we do not care about this filibuster. We just don't. We just don't. And, you know, President Biden has some belief that if they get rid of the filibuster completely, like Congress is just going to be chaos. And I'm like, have you seen it lately, though? Have you seen it lately? Because it don't seem to be working that well. Honestly, true. it's not a well-oiled machine or anything. Like, it's already chaos. And now you want to take away people's voting rights and democracy? Like, a newsflash, it's already a hot mess. So it's just like, and, and maybe Mitch McConnell got to him because y'all remember Mitch McConnell said, y'all don't want to see a scorched earth, okay? <laughs> Which is what y'all going to get if y'all get rid of the filibuster. So I don't know. Maybe that scared them. I don't know. But it's just like, why are we, why are we even giving Mitch McConnell... It, why he's not a majority leader anymore he's not majority leader anymore now i know that he he believes he will be after the midterm elections and that remains to be seen but he's not the majority leader right now point blank period and if y'all just gonna run the senate like he is the majority leader right now then what's the point What's the point? What's the point of you getting up, going to Philadelphia, which is the pinnacle of American democracy or whatever, and giving this speech in front of all these congressional black caucuses and, you know, the Al Sharptons and the, you know, all of those. What What's the point if you're not really going to fight? Like, I just don't believe... And this is me personally. Maybe y'all think different. I don't believe that Joe Biden is doing everything that he can do. I don't believe he's pulling out all the tools. I don't believe he's using all the resources. I don't believe it. Y'all just can't make me believe that he's doing everything that he can do to save voting rights. Y'all just can't. Y'all can't get me to believe it. Y'all can't get me to believe it. I won't. Because I don't. Like, I, you can't get up. Any chance you get and say, you know, oh, this is perilous to democracy if people don't have their voting rights. And the filibuster is a relic of Jim Crow, but you don't do like when it comes to actually doing something, you're like, "Mm, okay, well, we'll figure it out. Like when he answered Don Lemon, he was because Don Lemon was like, is the filibuster worth our right? And he's like, no, of course not. And he's like, you know, if, if the bills come to my desk, I'll sign them. Okay, Joe, but what? how you going to get them to your desk? Come on. Come on. Come on. We sick of it. How you going to get the bills to your desk, Joe? That's what I, I want to know. That's what I want to know. If Joe Manchin is for something and he believes he can get 10 republicans to be for that same something then why won't they put it together in a way that i guess is going to be acceptable 
and present it like y'all not serious that y'all not serious that's why them democrats from texas <laughs> that's why the texas democrats had to get plane train automobile and get up to dc because something has to be done if y'all hadn't heard the story the democrats in the texas legislature when Greg Abbott decided he was going to call his special sessions to tackle voting rights, transgender rights or lack thereof, and abortions, if I'm not mistaken, all all kinds of restrictive things. Um, the Texas Democrats are like, well, we did it before, we just gonna have to do it again. But this time, we're going to leave the state. Oh my God, it was a hot mess. Greg Abbott said when they came back, they was going to be arrested. Girl, it was a mess. It was just crazy. They were all over all the news stations that they can get on just saying, listen, we know we don't have the numbers, but this is desperate times. They call for desperate measures. They hadn't done it since like 2003 or something like that. And they were like, listen, we have to make some noise about this because they are trying to take people's voting rights. Like we come all the way up here. We risk COVID. Some of them got COVID, even though they're fully vaccinated. Like we did everything we could. We need y'all to hear us. We want to talk to Kamala. We want to talk to Manchin. We want to talk to everybody because y'all need to understand how serious this is. And so far it feels like the White House has been like, yep, we talked. We talked and we agree it's serious, but who knows how we're going to fix it. Like that's, <laughs> that's how it feels. That's how it feels. And I'm not saying I'm giving up hope on the fight. I'm not saying I'm giving up on the fight. Like, but it's like, how can, how can I want it more than the people who it would actually affect? Like, If you believe that it's just going to take the Democrats out organizing the Republicans, just say that. Just say that. Because that's how you acting. You acting like, and I'm talking about the Biden administration, you're acting like you all you need is just a few Latasha Browns in every state to get the work done. To get people to come out. But I'm like, these are midterms. This ain't even a presidential election. These are midterms. And turnout's not the same on midterms. And what are you supposed to do about gerrymandering and subversion? Like, what? I'm tired. I'm really tired. I'm really tired. I'm really tired. Joe, I don't feel like you're doing enough. I'm just going to be honest about it. Anyways, that was basically his answer for voting rights. Very lackluster. Um, He talked about some other things. They don't really feel that memorable to me. They might have discussed immigration, I think. Uh, Unfortunately, a federal judge said that DACA was not constitutional. And so basically, they cut it off for new people. And I'm just like... Here we are, still struggling with immigration. Uh, so yeah, all in all, I mean, it was a pretty decent 
town hall. There were some fact checks that had to happen. CNN did fact check because you know they're not above fact checking anybody. And so there were some items that needed to be fact checked. And it is what it is. Now, it wasn't like when the former guy had to be fact checked because he was just lying. It was mostly like he might have said something that was misleading or his numbers were off. You know, he likes to keep his little card in his jacket pocket but he didn't pull it out so stuff like that he did mention someone didn't ask him about inflation and you know if he felt like it was gonna be long term he was like no i don't think so but it's just like if y'all niggas wasn't trying to buy everything up after we just had a pandemic for like the better part of a year i mean we still in a pandemic but y'all want to get back to normal so bad like if y'all would just chill out it probably wouldn't be that bad but it is what it is, and so we're going to have inflation for a short amount of time. Of course, he didn't call nobody niggas. That was me putting my spin on it. But basically, he was like, as long as y'all got to be back out in these streets and not give anything a chance to catch up first, then that's what's going to be. So if y'all got to have the cars, y'all got to buy cars, and the car's going to be expensive. Y'all got to get houses because y'all need to get a house. You just got to have a house. Then it's going to be more expensive. If you out and you need to get gas because you want to go somewhere and we don't even got truckers to bring the gas in, then the gas going to be more expensive. That just is what it is. But we don't think it's going to be long term. Especially what he said. He also had a question from a guy who I think has like a restaurant. He wanted to know like what they're going to do to get people back to work. I felt like the answer, well, it wasn't my question. But if it was a question I had asked, I didn't feel like the answer was satisfactory. Uh, But he did say pay people more. And I can agree. I can agree. Now that probably didn't satisfy the guy who asked the question. But I can agree. Pay people more. Um, so yeah, he didn't really give like a good way that they're combating that or like <laughs> what they expect, but he did say you need to pay them people. And I was like, you right, Joe, you right. So yeah, all in all, it was a decent, it was a decent town hall. Y'all know I ain't been with it, with it any town hall since Joe said he weren't canceling these student loans. Holding a grudge and I'll hold it for forever if I need to. He also was asked about the infrastructure plan, (laughs) which has had its share of ups and downs. Uh, If you recall, I think the last episode, we were at the point in which the bipartisan group of senators were negotiating the infrastructure bill. Then they had a deal. Then President Biden said, I'm not going to sign it if we don't have a reconciliation deal. And they were like, hold up, big baby. That's not what you said. And then he had to come out and be like, I hold up. I ain't mean to say it like that. Like, I weren't trying to say that. If y'all don't, then we won't. I weren't trying to say that. And then they went back and then the Republicans was like, okay, like, maybe we can deal with this. You know, we trust him. And he was like, I trust them. And then basically... Mitch McConnell was like, but Chuck and Nancy need to walk back what they said. And Nancy was like, never. I said what I said. And that's always how it is. So that's basically what was going on with infrastructure. And so at this point, I think everybody has stopped pretending that they didn't know that the Democrats were also going to run a reconciliation plan. Like, I can't even believe. I still can't believe they tried to be like, (gasps) what? You're also going to do that other thing to get the things done that you want? How dare you? So now we move past that point. Um, 
So the the bipartisan bill is still set to be a thing. There was a test vote on it this week. It failed because the Republicans were like, listen, we don't even have the bill written. Like we, we want to be able to see the bill first before we come out and we start voting on whether we want to debate it because the test vote was only to say, let's start debating, which I feel like they could have did. But anyways, they were like, give us till Monday. Give us till Monday. We'll have it written out we can start debating it then so they were like okay it's failed to vote we'll give y'all till monday we'll see what's popping so that's the new date for basically the bill right now it was like a framework so that they basically needed to write it out so they have till monday the clock is ticking and they said they think they'll be they'll be done at that point. So good for them. So that's not dead. It's just the legislative process and what it's going through. However, in that same time period, the progressive Democrats, Bernie, you know, he's book chair of the budget committee. He and some other Democrats work with the president and the mansions and they came together and said okay we accept a top line of 3.5 trillion for the reconciliation now i don't remember if i said this on here but bernie sanders had put together a reconciliation plan that was going to be like $6 trillion. And remind y'all, I'd said that Manchin had already said, now listen, I I don't think y'all can do reconciliation. And I'm just going to be okay with six, seven, eight, ten trillion dollars $10 trillion. Like, I need to know what's popping. So they agreed on $3.5 trillion, which I think is pretty decent. It's more, It's over half. And it's closer to two. So, I don't know. I thought I thought it wasn't a bad number. And then apparently, Bernie thought it was okay as well. Now, some progressives were like, we want more. We want to see more because we feel like now you've cut out a lot. But to be fair, they haven't necessarily figured out what's going to be in it. So... Uh, even Joe Manchin was like, I want to see what's in it. I want to see what's allocated. I think it was another uh, moderate Senate Democrat who said the same thing. Like, we want to know what's in it. We want to know how it's going to be spent. We want to know where the money's going before we say, no, we don't support it, which is fair. That's very fair. So at this point... Fingers crossed for them, the people who care about bipartisanship. I don't really care about all that. But for the people that care about bipartisanship, fingers crossed that the Republicans and the Democrats, because if I understand now, it's 11-11 of each. So if they can get together and they can work on that hardline infrastructure bill, which is five. 500 billion i think if they can work on 600 billion they can work on that or whatever then the other part of the caucus is okay to go ahead forward with that reconciliation where they won't need republicans right so republicans 
they're going to need 10 Republicans for a bipartisan infrastructure bill, but they're only going to need a majority for reconciliation. Honestly, I feel like it's the best of both worlds. That's why I really didn't get how Republicans... I mean, I know they have to, but it was just really interesting how they tried to spin it. Like, what? Why would you ever do that when we are agreeing on a stripped down version of what you wanted already like it's like why why would you even pretend that you knew they weren't going to do that especially when the parliamentarian had already told them they can do as many reconciliation bills they want pretty much so now we'll just have to see how it goes of course president biden does want like i said that child tax credit to become a thing like permanently and he would want that to be in that reconciliation bill along with paid family leave sick leave uh pre-k daycare all of that stuff like social infrastructure is what he calls it and that's what he would want in that reconciliation bill so i'm here for it i think some of the same issues (laughs) are how would the infrastructure bill be paid? They still haven't they still haven't hammered that out. And then, you know, how would this reconciliation bill be paid and like how long would it take? Because once again, Joe Manchin has hardline being like, Listen, I'm not going to I'm not gonna accept anything that's not paid for. Like we need to figure out how to pay for it. And if it's not paid for, I'm not voting for it. So We'll leave that to them to figure out. They do go on like a short recess in August, which is why I think they are pushing, of course, uh, Senator Schumer is pushing to kind of get us farther along. That's what that test vote was for. Like, everybody was like, why are you doing it right now? But it's like, to show you the urgency of what's going on, like, we can't spin our wheels. Like, y'all, they're about to go on break in august and then they start back again in september so it's just like we need to everybody needs to figure out where we're going don't ask me do not ask me where we are with the policing bill i have no idea i have no idea there's been an update they keep moving the deadline i thought the last thing i saw was like they would have done by july and haven't seen anything about it since then ask me if i feel like Joe Biden is doing enough for that as well. I don't. So that's where we are with policing and voting rights. Like they say it's a big deal, but it don't seem like they treat me like a big deal. One thing that was, I won't say surprising, but I was like nice was that Chuck Schumer, leader Chuck Schumer, and Senator Cory Booker are also working on a plan to decriminalize marijuana on a federal level. And I was like, okay, like, let's talk about it. It's time to talk about it. The debates were sparked up once Shakari Richardson was out of the Olympics for testing positive for marijuana. Even President Biden said the rules are the rules, but we might need to look at the rules again. And I was like, yeah, let's look at them. Let's look at them. Now, he not necessarily super for getting rid of, you know, 
the illegality of marijuana, but you know, the illegality of marijuana is based on race anyway. So, I mean, and before you at me, you can Google it. A simple Google will show you that it's true because everything in the United States is based off of racism. Anyways, so that's where we are as far as infrastructure and voting rights, etc. Now, let's talk about the 1-6 Commission. <sighs> okay, so last time we talked, I was championing Nancy Pelosi for just going ahead and putting together the 1-6 Select Committee to investigate the insurrection. Okay, so we already knew that Nancy was putting together this group. It would to be eight people that she assigned. And then she would allow the minority leader to assign five people with her approval. And for a while, it was like, will he assign anybody? Like, because nobody wants to be a part of it. None of the Republicans really want to be a part of it. Most of them don't want to have to answer questions about it. Most of them want it to just go away, especially with midterms coming up. So everybody was like, well, is he going to put anybody on it? And then they announced that they're going to have their first hearing on July 27th. And Kevin McCarthy still hadn't put anybody on it. And it's like, okay, like, what are you going to do? That what are you going to do? So finally, Kevin McCarthy gives his five appointees. And they are Jim Banks, Jim Jordan, and then like three other guys. Three of the five voted against certifying the election. Anyways... And Jim Jordan is Jim Jordan. And y'all already know. Y'all already know. So now it's like, okay, well, what's Nancy Pelosi going to do? Like, is she going to reject any of them? Is she going to let them stay? Once again, five white men. There was no diversity in his picks. There were five white men who probably wouldn't have brought in much great insight anyway. So... Then the next day, we find out that Nancy Pelosi has rejected two, Jim Banks and Jim Jordan. Once again, absolutely. Absolutely. Because Jim Jordan don't need to be on no committee about 1-6 when he probably going to be a witness anyway. No, it makes sense. So at that point, Kevin McCarthy was lying. well, I'm going to take back all of it. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to do my own investigation. And I was just like, for real, like, for real, for real. Childish, childish is what it is. So basically, (laughs) at this point, Nancy Pelosi is thinking about whether or not she will just add Another Republican, like Adam Kinzinger, which absolutely I think she should. Because here's how they're trying to play it, right? They're still trying to play it like it's a bipartisan 
I'm sorry, a partisan commission. And it's all for Nancy Pelosi's agenda. Even though, honestly, truly, Nancy was like, I put the people on, I picked the people, like they're doing the work. Like I'm hands off. I'm not telling them how to do the work. I'm not telling them which direction to go. Like it's on them. But Kevin McCarthy is still hollering partisan, partisan witch hunt because that's all he's got. That's all he's got. That's all he's got. And I, if to be quite honest, if you ask me, I think he did what he did on purpose. I think he knew, of course, that she was not going to accept Jim Jordan. Of course. She wasn't going to accept Jim Jordan. And then Jim Banks, as soon as he was announced as an appointee, straight up went on Twitter or Instagram or whatever and wrote a disqualifying statement. Sir... Sir, you just got appointed. You basically go on the internet and talk about how you're going to disrupt the committee. What's, what? McCarthy knew. McCarthy knew. He thought it was cute. Why? Because, like I said, none of the Republicans actually want to be on the committee. Besides, maybe Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger. <laughs> Probably the only two that actually want to be on the committee. The rest of them don't. The rest of them are thinking about elections and their constituents and how, you know, they're going to be seen. If they, they don't want to be on the commission. So what does he do? He picks people that he knows Nancy Pelosi's not going to choose. And then he, when she rejects them, he takes back all his picks. To be like, to make it look like I tried and she didn't want it. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. And it's like, even if Nancy, because Nancy had a hard choice. Everybody was like, well, she should have did it. She shouldn't have did it. Like, she's wrong. She's right. She had a hard choice. She was darn if she do, darn if she don't, right? She rejects him. Okay, he he pitches a fit. But we actually have a decent investigation even though the Republicans are going to try to make it seem like it's just a partisan witch hunt. Or she allows them to stay on the committee and they do everything they can to disrupt the actual investigation for the sake of saying it was a bipartisan committee. Like, that, that don't make sense. These men had already started basically telling everybody what their plan was, which was to basically determine how it was Nancy's fault that once it happened. Their plan was to basically investigate the failures of Nancy Pelosi in keeping the Capitol safe when that's not her role. That's not her role. They've had multiple hearings and I think in at least two of them, it's been said, Nancy Pelosi is not the one in charge of capital security. 
She's just not. She's not in charge of the security. She's not in charge of what they do, how they run it. She's not in charge of how many people are there on a given day. She's not in charge of extra security. But she's not in charge of any of that. Of any of that. And on top of that, you have the minority leader who was a man at the time. The majority leader who was a man at the time. The house minority leader who was a man at the time. Why is it only Nancy Pelosi's fault for breakdowns in capital security when she doesn't even control capital security? See what I'm saying? See how it don't make no sense? I'm glad she kicked them off. I'm glad she kicked them off because we would have just been turning in circles. It would be just like the hearings that we've been having now. Ridiculous. Back and forth. It's the Democrats trying to basically see how the former president had anything to do with it. And which it's annoying, but it's, we know it is true. Like we know he had, we know he is not blameless, but The real annoying part was how when Democrats would try to inch it closer back to the direction that we know it should be going, Republicans would come in and try to pull us back in a direction that we have no business going. And so it's like a ping pong back and forth watching the different questions from the people that... (laughs) Nobody wants that with this committee. Nobody wants that with this committee. Nobody wants to keep watching hearings that go back and forth like that. Because it's it's annoying. Because as soon as you feel like you're getting some truth, you're being pulled back into conspiracy land. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to get anything done when you're working like that? I'm glad she kicked them off. I'm glad she kicked them off. Honestly, truly, I'm glad McCarthy took... All of them, honestly, truly, because they weren't there for the purpose of really getting down to what happened that day. They just weren't. And it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. The hearing on the 27th is going to have officers and first responders as the witnesses. So they're going to hear from uh, Officer Henry Dunn. And Officer Michael Fanone, thank goodness, the two that have been very vocal this whole time about what went down and what they went through. I mentioned before, I'll say it again, Michael Fanone was tased multiple times at the base of his skull, had a heart attack. These people were fighting for their lives. And Tucker Carlson goes on a rant talking junk about Officer Dunn. But Ashley Babbitt, who was trying to break into the Capitol where Congress people were and got shot for it, is a martyr. (laughs) I'll be tired, y'all. I'll be tired because it's tiring. So I think Nancy made the right choice. I think Kevin McCarthy made the choice that he made to stay in power because that's all it's about for him. Kevin McCarthy don't want nothing but to be Speaker of the House. Honestly, truly, it would just make my whole darn day 
if he was voted out. If he was voted out, he could. It would be even, I don't want to say that. I was going to say it would be even funnier if the Republicans got the House, but he was voted out. But I don't want Republicans to get the House because then we'll never get anything done. Anyways, I just think that, as usual, we're in dire straits. The Republicans don't want this committee to happen. They basically, as soon as, you know, Nancy was like, I reject these two. Kevin McCarthy was like, well, I'll pull all five and then let me go do a press conference where I blame you for not allowing me to blow up your committee like I want to do. And he basically was like, this should be a bipartisan committee. We want a bipartisan committee. And I was like, where have you been? Where were you when Nancy Pelosi said we're going to do a bipartisan commission and she had to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to do all the things that Kevin McCarthy wanted. She gave in to all his demands. And then he was like, no, no, it's still, it's still partisan. It's still partisan. I'm not going to vote for it. And then Mitch McConnell got up and asked all the Republicans to vote against it as a personal favor. And now, now, now. The Republicans are like, well, we want we want a bipartisan commission. We don't even understand this. And guess what? Nancy Pelosi has said, and I know she's sick of saying it. I can tell by her voice every time she says it. She is fine. She's fine with a bipartisan commission. You can still do that. That can happen on top of the select committee. Do it. Because it wasn't going to have anything to do with Congress. Like, it was going to be outside people that weren't going to be in Congress. Like Y'all can still do that. But as for me and this United States House, we're doing a select committee. And you can be on it or you cannot be on it. And if I decide to put a couple more Republicans on it, then it is what it is. Well, we moving forward. That's just how it's got to be at this point. Because they're playing games. Like we haven't been watching it like we don't watch it like we don't have it all on tape that y'all said y'all wanted a bipartisan commission you got the bipartisan commission you voted against the bipartisan commission and now that there's a select committee that you claim isn't bipartisan you want the bipartisan commission again like we are we are literally looking at you right now we're watching you right now real time it lives on the internet and you just y'all just be pretending it makes no sense it's crazy to me it's crazy to me it's like it's like they are playing games they're playing a game eric swalwell if y'all recall eric swalwell he was one of the impeachment managers and he's also (laughs) Uh, the House representative that's suing Mo Brooks. Uh, if you recall, Mo Brooks was dodging that lawsuit, and the lawyers actually finally found his wife at home when she pulled into the garage. They flung up 
the driveway and they um gave her the paperwork in her garage and then she tried to say they broke in her house hot mess but anyways eric swalwell is on a podcast and he was basically like it's so weird because i remember during the impeachment going in the bathroom and ted cruz being like you're doing an amazing job out there keep up the good work and then walking out of the bathroom and going back to being Ted Cruz. <laughs> like, he was like, there was, he was like, there's a congressman. Me and him, I thought we were pretty cool. We worked together on legislation. Then I see him on Fox News taking digs at me, like shots at me. Ridiculous stuff. And then when I see him on the steps of the Capitol, he's like, oh, there's, a, there's this restaurant we should try. Do you know how crazy you gotta be? Do you do you know how crazy you gotta be? Literally what he's saying is these people are not they're not stupid. They know what they're doing. They know that they have to play a part. They're basically acting. They have to play a part in public, but in private, they think Oh, well, you know, that was, I was talking cash trash about you, but you know that I just had to do that in person. And they think they're still cool with you in real life. That's crazy. I could never, I could never, I could never be in Congress. Y'all be like, Brandy, don't you think? No, I could never. I could never. Because if I get up on somebody's news station and I'm talking junk about you, that's how I feel about you. I'm not going to be like, girl, yeah, I was trashing you all Fox News. But when we when we get out of here, we get margaritas. No. No. Any normal person would be that way. But these Republicans, <laughs> they're crazy. They are crazy. I say all that to say, good job, Nancy. Better you than me. I don't really think Nancy cares what they have to say about her. Like, they'll be like, what about what Kevin McCarthy said to them? She'll be like, that's his business. I don't. And I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm happy for her. Because they're going to keep playing games and we don't got time for games. We don't got time for games. At this point, I trust Nancy. Y'all talk junk about Nancy if y'all want to, but I trust Nancy. I think she know better than a lot of us and a lot of y'all want to give her credit for. She not stupid. She not stupid. So... Good luck to them on that committee. I will be watching that hearing on the 27th because I'm very much so intrigued about what they're going to have and what they're going to say and what's going to come out of it. I don't know if we can hear much of anything new at this point, but just go ahead and get it done because the Republicans, they're going to keep playing. They just honestly, truly... At this point, their supporters are rather interesting too. So who knows if they'll even they'll even care if they'll get information that they even care about. Speaking of information that only a few people seem to even care about, <laughs> basically the a few Democrats are sounding the alarm because. They requested, I guess, like some FBI reports 
um about a, a couple things i they requested like the report about the um olympic gymnast doctor dr nassar uh years ago and then they also asked for reports about brick kavanaugh years ago and i guess now that we have a new justice department that information is just getting released so we found out from the case of Dr. Nassar, the Olympic gymnast doctor, that the FBI just totally, totally bungled that. Just had gotten tips and information, did not follow any of the leads, did not really look into it, did not reach out to uh, external law enforcement, just, just did nothing, just did nothing. And in a time frame from like 2015 to 2016, Dr. Nassar assaulted like approximately 70 more people. And the FBI was doing nothing. So it wasn't super surprising to me when I saw that there were some Senate Democrats that were like, hold up, big baby. When they found out that basically when Brett Kavanaugh was nominated for a Supreme Court justice, if you recall, a lady came out, Christine Blasey Ford, if I'm not mistaken, that's her name. She came out and was like, listen, this man sexually assaulted me when I was in high school. And it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. And... Apparently, around that time, the FBI opened up a tip line for Brett Kavanaugh. Apparently, that was the first and only time that they ever had to open a tip line for a Supreme Court nominee. They opened the tip line. They got about 4,500, 4,500 plus tips as far as phone calls or electronic mail or information, 4,500 plus tips on Brett Kavanaugh. Guess what they did with him? (laughs) You already know they didn't do anything. They took what they felt were the quote unquote relevant ones and they sent them to the council for the White House. Remember Dom again? Remember the one who finally testified from impeachment one? That White House council? Yeah, they sent them to him the tips that they thought were relevant. And guess what happened with the tips? Nothing. White House is like, oh, it's nothing to see here. It's nothing to see here. It's not a thing to see here. Now, the FBI was basically like, okay, listen, we feel like we we see that y'all want to blame us, but let us explain. Um, We weren't really the ones who were investigating him. We just opened the tip line because somebody wanted that information, i.e. the White House. And so that's why we basically didn't really follow up on anything. We just took the information that we got and we sent it to the people who asked for it. 
And I have never been so tired. I've never been so tired. Because what do you mean? What do you mean you took the tips and you sent them to the White House? The people that were pushing for him to be Supreme Court Justice. Anyway, I find it rather fishy. I find it rather fishy. Y'all know that I'm not one for conspiracy theories. But there are so many questions about Brett Kavanaugh's nomination and his subsequent affirmation to Supreme Court. When Brett Kavanaugh joined the Supreme Court, it was because a Supreme Court justice retired. Somehow, Brett Kavanaugh's debts all got cleared. And nobody has answers. Nobody has the answers. And the people with the relevant information included the FBI and the White House counsel. And if you recall, once again, I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But the former president, when he says things, now some things when he says, I don't listen, like, you know, put bleach injected into your arm to kill cover. I don't listen to that. But some things he says, and you kind of got to listen, you got to pay attention. Like when he got upset <laughs> uh, recently about a Supreme Court ruling, I think it was, I don't remember if it had to do with one of the final cases that were dwindling about the election or if it was Obamacare but either way he was upset with Justice Kavanaugh and he said something to the effect of I saved you you are a nobody and I saved you Sometimes I be listening because what do you mean by that? What do you mean by you saved him? What do you mean by like basically like you was a he was a low life loser and he had he didn't have nothing going for himself and he wouldn't have been nothing if Donald Trump wouldn't have came in and did what he did. So now I'm like, what you do? What'd you do? Because once again, I ain't no conspiracy theorist. But Based off some of the things that his former cohorts have said, cohorts have said, it seems like the president does things like get information about people so that he can hold on to it till it's beneficial for him. So I would not be surprised. This is me not being a conspiracy theorist. This is just me thinking through things that make sense to me. I would not be surprised if the FBI sent over them tips that they should have looked into, but that's neither here nor there because they didn't. They sent those tips over to White House counsel and the former president either held on to it or had it cleaned up. Who paid off the debt? I want to know. Because I can't even get somebody to to forgive my student loan debt. So who's paying off a mortgage and all that stuff? Who paid it off? That's the question. That's the question that nobody has seemed to be able to answer as far as Brett Kavanaugh and his very interesting confirmation onto the Supreme Court. Anyways, real quick, because y'all know I don't... Oh, I hate to 
feel like a conspiracy theorist, like I'm feeding into stuff like that. And I really honestly don't love talking about the former president. But while we're still on him, apparently the Washington Post found out that the former president raised $75 million for ballot reviews uh, as part of his grift about the election. And so far, none of that $75 million has been used to review ballots. It has been used for personal expenses like travel and like paying off legal fees and all of that. But 0% for a ballot review. So just remember that if you are one of the people who gives your hard-earned money to the self-proclaimed billionaire because you believe he was cheated out of something and you think that somebody needs to look into it and you need to be the one to fund that just remember that you're just literally paying for his hotel motel car rental plane rides or whatever he does these days with his uh sad pathetic life just know that just know that when you're giving money just thought i, I would let you know about that and then the last thing i want to talk about on the podcast and i'm not going to be before y'all long on this but just let's just talk about vaccines let's just talk about them the former president as a part of operation warp speed put money into developing a vaccine for COVID-19 as fast as possible. That's why they called it warp speed because it needed to be done fast. So he put money into that and guess what happened? Guess what? They made vaccines. Multiple vaccines were made. And unfortunately, in the middle of that happening, the former president lost an election. He lost an election. So he he put money into warp speed. They very quickly made the vaccines. He wanted, before the election, he wanted to rush the FDA to approve the vaccines so that he could get the praise for the vaccines so he could use that in his favor well unfortunately the fda did not allow him to rush them the election happened he lost to joe biden even though he still pretends he did not and then like a extra kick in the pants the fda finally came out or like moderna came out and was like oh well by the way we're straight. Our vaccine's good to go. Our efficacy's pretty great. And I remember when it happened. I remember him coming out and basically saying, like, this is all because of me. Like, I did this. Wish y'all could have said it earlier, but whatever. And then Pfizer came out not too long after that. I was like, yep, same Z's. Like, we got it popping over here. And if you give us just a minute or two, we'll be ready to distribute. And of course, former president took the responsibility for that, said that that was all him. There were just 
no smart people that were actually working on it. There was no company that actually had the means. It was all him. It was all him. He did it. And then it started going out and people started getting it. And at that point, it was people with money who could uh, pay certain governors to get it or it was, you know, seniors in like assisted living and all of that were getting the vaccines. Now we're at a place where just blows my mind where the former president who wanted all of the acclaim for the vaccines, all the credit for the vaccines, got his vaccine in secret. And months later, it took him months, was actually like, yeah, y'all should... Y'all didn't get a vaccine? Y'all should get it. After he allowed anti-vaxxers to basically come and spread ridiculous information about these vaccines. He wouldn't publicly get the vaccine. He just... He was just like, what? Huh? And then we had these crazy Republicans who just do, don't care about anything but power, who allowed their constituents to go on and not trust the vaccine, like mistrust the vaccine, but not only that, spread misinformation about the vaccine and all of that. And now, they act surprised that people don't want to take the vaccine. And when I say people, I'm not talking about President Biden's followers, unfortunately. I'm talking about Republicans. Now, are there some people in the middle who are like, I'm a little unsure. I'm going to wait on the Lord and see how I feel. Yes, there are those people. But we're talking about people who are like, nope. Ain't going to get it. Never going to get it. Y'all can't force me to get it. We're talking about. We're talking about his followers. And we're talking about. The followers. Of these. Governors and congress people. Who went around. Wouldn't say whether or not. They were vaccinated. When news outlets asked skirted the question, skirted the topic, didn't call out misinformation, allowed it to spread, allowed it to prosper. And now they're like, yeah, vaccinate, vaccines? Yeah, you should get those because I'm getting mine. Steve Scalise, number two Republican in the House, got his vaccine live this past week. It was like, yeah, you know, with the rise of the Delta variant and, you know, most of the people in the hospital and stuff actually being, like, unvaccinated. I thought it was the time. But not once did he go and anybody who's spreading misinformation, like, don't be, don't be fooled by that. The vaccines are safe. Just, no, he didn't say none of that. He didn't say none of that. He's, oh, gee, yeah, well, for me. It seems like what's going to save my life. So I'm going to get it. Do y'all see y'all sales? Kay Ivy. Governor of 
Alabama or Mississippi, one of those. She gets on the news and they're like, hey, well, you know, your state's like one of the least vaccinated states. I think they're like 30% or something like that. And she's like, they're like, you know, what would you do to get people to take the vaccine? Kay Ivy opened her mouth to say, well, I I feel like it should be common sense. Ma'am, please, you know these people don't got common sense, number one. And number two, why do you think it is all their fault when you were one of the ones, now mind you, she said she couldn't do anymore. She's done all she can do. Which includes taking the mask mandate off of the state earlier than necessary following texas's lead i don't even know why y'all follow anything texas does because we already know they're in a fight with florida to see which person can be loved by the former president more so i don't even know why anybody follows them but apparently to everybody else it looks beneficial to fall into the the loud wrong minority instead of actually using common sense and science so for k ivy to be like i just thought it would be common sense that people would get the vaccine even after i took the mask mandates off and what's even the point of them getting a vaccine if they don't have to wear a mask nowhere like how dare you how dare you after you've contributed to a climate you fostered a a sense of community with these people you don't get to switch it and be like yep it's all their fault it's all their fault all of this well all of this is unvaccinated people's fault no girl you are at fault too Y'all got to take some responsibility because you are at fault too. You are the reason why people will not get vaccinated and they'll holler, it's their right not to do so, their body, their choice, or they don't believe it because some way, somehow they're putting microchips in them even though they keep their cell phone in a holster on their hip all day long, day after day. Like, this is y'all's fault. This is y'all's fault that you felt like maybe if the former president got more credit for the vaccine, people would take it. No, that Negro took the vaccine in secret and never spoke about it again, other than to say he deserves credit. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. He deserves credit. But the vaccine's not safe. That was on that was on Fox News all in the same day. Sean Hannity, you should give him some credit. Tucker Carlson, don't take the vaccine. It's not safe. You'll die. You or your children. This is all your fault. This is all your fault. It's not just the unvaccinated people. And listen, I'm going to be honest with y'all. My tolerance, my compassion level is dirt low. It might be six feet under. But at the same time, I can't sit here and be like, well, some of these people are just stupid. Yes, some of them are. Some of them are stupid. But for the most part, 
a lot of them have just really been misinformed. And their elected officials have not done anything of any stature to make sure that they are informed. As a matter of fact, all they've really done is criticize the current administration for trying to go out and give people the right information. Oh, they're showing up to your house and they're going to give you a jab. Ain't nobody walking around with the shot. Pfizer has to be kept in a freezer at ridiculous temperature. Nobody's walking around with vials of the shot waiting to come to your house to poke you. What are you talking about? But see, if you had the right information, you would know that when Tucker Carlson opens up his flat face mouth and says something ridiculous you know it was wrong you know that doesn't make sense people aren't just riding vaccines around in their car because the vaccines require more than that there aren't tracking devices in your vaccine there's not metal in your vaccine if you were using your money to actually do outreach, to actually tell people what's what about the vaccines instead of following Fox News or the former guy and the people that he allows to say that they support him, but they're anti-vax. If you weren't backing them people up, maybe your constituents who want to get a vaccine so no K-I-V, you haven't done everything you need to do. It's not because they're just not using their common sense. It's because the little bit of common sense they have, they put their trust in you and those other floozies. And now here we are, we all have to suffer because it's not just a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I hope it doesn't become a thing past the last week's news cycles because I don't want to see pandemic of the unvaccinated ever again. I'm so tired. I've only been hearing it for like a week now, but I'm so tired of it because it's not just the unvaccinated that are going to have to deal with it. It's all of us. This virus is smart. Anytime it keeps spreading, it keeps mutating. The Delta variant is a thousand times, 1,000 times transmissible than the original variant, the one that was killing people to begin with. A thousand times. Think of it. You might have a, th- you might have a dollar or you might have a thousand. That's how more transmissible this variant is and y'all still out here talking about some my immune system my immune system's great oh and it's like how many people that were previously healthy on all accounts have to go in the hospital be put on a ventilator and die before you realize there ain't really nothing special about your immune system how many how many does 
the percentage have to go up to 100% of the people in the hospital or dying are unvaccinated? Does it have to go from 99.2 to 100? Is it the 0.8 that you need to decide to get vaccinated? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not here to shame people. Because once again, I have I have slight compassion towards those who really have just been led astray and just need to be pushed back on the right track. But some of y'all got a lot of conviction to not be that smart. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I had to say it. Anyways, I said I'm not going to tarry on that long. I just don't like it. I don't like how Republicans are now trying to act like they were always for getting vaccinated. They were always open about being vaccinated. I don't like how some of them came out with that darn Roni or Ronnie or whatever. The guy who used to be the doctor for the White House who we found out used to be on all the drugs. And the one who said that president trump was a bill of health even though all he eats is mcdonald's he comes out this week talking about some why is the media not asking the democrats if they got the vaccine because they already did and all of them already said they got the vaccine when only like 50 percent of the people that they asked on the republican side would even answer I'm tired. Thank y'all for listening to the show this week. I appreciate it. I'm hoping that you guys have had a wonderful summer and that, you know, it just it just keeps on getting better. Listen, talk to your doctors. Talk to your doctors about getting vaccinated. Don't listen to Facebook. Don't listen to TikTok unless it's an actual doctor on Facebook or TikTok. Don't just listen to people that you don't know. Don't fall down a rabbit hole. Just get some good information from a trusted source with a degree in medicine. That's all I can ask. Y'all have a wonderful week. We'll see you again next time. Bye.